Welcome to Sudbury Scrub, a 40k podcast for the Sudbury community. Probably going to be a bit of a longer episode for two reasons. First of all, almost happy 2020, almost happy year of good vision and rolling double criticals. It is uh, December 30th. I'm not working today, but I am still driving. So hey, that's when I do these podcasts, right? And I'm currently actually heading home on my way from the game snook um and absolutely horrendous weather <laughs> stuck behind a snowplow which is i think a perfect time to talk about 40k because despite the weather being really really bad and it being really icy and stuff on the roads when you're doing 40 kilometers an hour because you're behind a snowplow you know it doesn't really you got you got some time You got some time to kill. So let's go ahead and kill some time as I make my way back to Lively. Um, So, you know what? Let's just go ahead and wrap up what a year it was. Uh, I think it was a fantastic year for 40k and for uh, gaming and science and uh, even in politics. There's, you know, some crazy stuff. We had an election, we got an impeachment, we've got all kinds of things that have been happening. But let's go ahead and focus on the gaming aspect. This year there had been, uh, I had, I was able to go out to the Barry Bash down in Barry, hosted by uh, Ridvin Skari. And even though my voice had totally given out in that mat in that tournament so I, I wasn't even and we had because of the bad weather we had to actually leave early we all had to pretty much drop out of the tournament uh, it was still a great fun time met a lot of people that uh, i enjoyed my matches with i don't think there was anybody that i didn't have a good match against that time um even though i've kind of have said before oh i don't like how tau play and stuff i had a tau player in my I think it was my my first round, and he was uh, he, he was a great great chap. He was really nice, thoroughly whooped my butt. But uh, you know he was a nice guy. I remember that that to, even today, even at the end of that day, where my voice was, uh, I lost my voice, and it was a painful recovery the next day to reclaim it. And that night, oh man, that it hurt. Um, but my opponent in that last round was a real nice guy. Played a uh, not he played a Bash Bros list, but it was it was a Forge World Brat Bash Bros. It was uh, Morty Magnus, uh, a greater demon of Slanesh that she was a Forge World model, a greater demon of Corn that was not a Forge World model. Actually, he was. Uh, he was the, the, I think, Scar brand or something like that. Really, really big and strong. Uh, there was Fate Weaver. There was Kyranak. There was oh, all kinds of things. It was a tight game. It came down to him having one big mean model or one or two big mean models. And I had played really cagey and I almost pulled out the win on that one. Um, but uh, I, he was able to pull it through. Uh, with weight of mortal wounds. Mostly, I think, for my own guys attacking that Slanesh thing in close combat, which my army at the time, which was also uh, Gene Steeler Cult and Tyranid with some Astra Militarum. Look, hey, 
there's something fun. This whole year, actually, I really have been uh, doing the Gene Stealer Cult. Uh, there was very little chaos play this year for myself. And I had started with Gene Stealer Cult and uh, along with Tyranids and Astra Militarum. I changed over to pure Gene Stealer Cult uh, as the year went over. And actually, when I played at that tournament, it was the last time that you could play with either the old Tyranid, uh, with the old Gene Stealer Cult rules, or with the new Gene Stealer Cult rules. And everyone else was playing the new Gene Stealer Cult rules, but they were so new that uh, that and it was it was released on the day of the cutoff. So there are people asking, well, what, what do we do? And they said, well, you can play it either way. You just have to let us know which one when you submit your list. Almost everyone submitted with new. And I think, personally, I think that's a real mistake. And I think everyone that played the Pure Gene Stealer Cult army, that had submitted a list that, um, that day, I don't think any of them, actually, I don't think any Gene Stealer Cult players had done well. I didn't do, I certainly didn't do well. But like I said, I wasn't feeling well and I had to drop. Um, but people that I had spoken with that said that they wanted to play, that they were playing Gene Stealer Cult. Um, they, none of them, like there was one guy that did okay, but no one felt good about it. And it's because there's no way you can get enough practice in. Especially, and to know what kind of list is good. So you just kind of throw everything at the wall there. People were talking about Roxas, so they threw that in. And those units did okay, but they didn't do great because there wasn't uh, some of the other stuff available yet. Um, you know, the, the, the really potent combos weren't known. People are throwing stratagems at the wall, seeing what sticks. And that can catch players, also your opponent, by surprise, but it will catch you by surprise too, because there will be something you'll think will be really good, and suddenly it's not. Uh, and so then I stopped playing Gene... I stopped uh, mixing in the Tyranids. Uh, I brought in Astra Militarum, really just as the Brood Brothers for CP support and Mortar support. Uh, I did that still quite a bit. And as the year went on, and I, then we got to the, uh, the Twins tourney, and for that one, I brought pure Gene Stealer Cult. And that one, I didn't. I did okay, but I didn't do great. I, I think I went two and three. Um, and a lot of that, and I was tired at the end of that one. It was a two-day tourney, and I was really tired because moving around that many models uh, was was pretty. Ex oh no, no, that yeah, that was the the twins double tourney. I think. What did I play at the actual, at the regular Twins tourney? Huh. You know, I, I, I can't really remember. Well, at the doubles tourney, I played Pure Gene Stealer Cult, and I had gone into that one trying to be uh, the anti-knight player. And Steve Marlowe, he had given me a good practice against knights, and against him, I absolutely wiped the floor with him. And I got also a practice against some Dark Eldar stuff and some Space Marine stuff. And, you know, it was, I was doing okay. But it, it was a struggle for me each game, except the Knight list, 
where I ended up not doing too well because I, I had some absolutely atrocious rolls, but I, even then I was still winning. Um, and that's a classic thing I, I feel for myself. It's like, oh, well, I was doing great, but then I got some atrocious rolls. And I'm not saying that in jest. I really, really, really do have a, a bad habit of, of um, the, the stuff that you do, that you take, that you, they say, don't spend this much stuff in it because you are, you know, there's no way you're going to fail with all these things. And so you're just overspending on game, you know, bonus stuff. Well, I, I do. I, I fail that stuff a lot. Things where it's like, hey, you know, counter this stratagem on a two up and you roll a one and re-roll it with the command point stratagem and it, you re-roll into another one. So now you've blown four command points to do nothing. Really sucks. Um, or when you, all right, have your guys arrive from deep strike and move D six inches and you roll a one and you re-roll that one and you get another one. And then you get, do your two D six charge and you have a plus to the charge you know, like plus two to the charge after, you know, so now you only have to make an, you have to make an eight inch and really you just need to roll a six then because you roll, well, sorry, normally you would have to make a nine inch. Now you have to make an eight inch because you moved that one inch from before and you roll two dice and you get a one and a two and you re-roll the one and you get a two, not even a two. Now you get another one. If you roll the two, you'd be fine. <laughs> you know, stuff of that nature. I, I, that happens to me. It feels quite frequently. So, uh, that really kind of sucks on that. <laughs> and I was facing, I found that when I was going pure Gene Stiller Cult, and I was going up with my anti-night list, uh, that tournament, that twins tournament, we, the doubles tournament, we, not doubles, the team tournament, uh, I was too hyper-focused on killing super heavies, because Sudbury the competitive scene in Sudbury really is a lot of um, super heavies. Uh, I think I've mentioned it before that you've got a few players that they really like to bring. Here are these three really strong units. Here are uh, a few support units to fill in for the detachment, and that's it. And that's a fine, fine way to play. Um, I wouldn't say that's really what what's normal in the overall world meta. But here in Sudbury, that's something that you can expect to play. Um, and so I thought, oh, we're every team is going to have one or even two players that are going to be like this. Because I, know, I knew that the Twins, along with Austin and Clark, were all on a team together. And Clark usually doesn't run that kind of list, but I know that uh, Kevin will absolutely run that kind of list, and he did. And Austin will absolutely run that kind of list, and he did. And even the list that we were given to check and confirm that they were going to be legal, all of those lists had, were, uh, most of those lists had stuff that I was going to be really good against. The ones that we had to check from Barry weren't, and but we were like, okay, well, we understand these guys are kind of like us. They're they're not super competitive guys. They don't, um, especially now. We've gone more competitive, I'd say, because of this year. Our our group, um, 
but at the time especially it's like hey we're not they're not super competitive they're guys that also don't like to do this you know just the big heavy stuff so they're not going to have uh, they don't have that kind of army but that's fine against them they actually have two armies that you know I should still do quite well against or at least one army that I should do really quite well against but then again we also had uh, another player that wanted to play against that same arm, and that was because Space Marines were just come, had just come out. Uh, the core Space Marine book, it wasn't even yet. I, I think, well, actually, yeah, the Ultramarines were... Uh, wait a sec, was Space Marines even out yet? Oh, no, you know, I don't even think they were. But Mark was, he was confident he could take them down. Oh, no, they were. They were, because we had the minuses. Yeah, that's right. Um... And so then tournament date came, and really, aside from one other team that we hadn't checked the lists on, almost most of the teams out there had maybe one guy, one guy that was a super heavy, and there were a number of teams that had no guys that were playing a fistful of super heavies, and these were all folks from out of town. And so now my army looked really not too good. And even against the players, the teams that we went up against that we were trying to match up, you know, if, if there's one person that you really don't want to fight, they would usually go, yeah, I really don't want to fight the Gene Steeler Cult guy because his list is tailored to kill super heavies. Obviously so. So I'm not going to fight him. I don't want to fight him. And that was pretty easy to avoid. And so I ended up doing quite poorly. And so that, that was unfortunate. I think I did also bring my uh, Gene Stiller Cult, Pure Gene Stiller Cult 2, um, the, a, a two-day tournament that was not teams. And that one, I I think I'd gone 3-2, and I can't even even really remember. I think at that one, I was really tired as well at the end of it, and I said, I'm not going to do this again. And look, then I did that again for the team tournament. <laughs> but I had, that's why, because I had help. Because I knew I was going to have help. I, I, you know, And I can't even remember who I was up against at the at the regular tournament that wasn't the double that wasn't the team one yeah maybe it wasn't maybe i have anyway then there was uh the bpo that was this year the beer and pretzels open which didn't i didn't i i don't believe i didn't think i was going to be able to go to and yet i was and that was fantastic we had a really great time there were uh it was slightly smaller than the previous year, uh, but you know we had a lot of good space to work with, and I, I think it was uh, quite—I think it was quite successful. Still, I think it was a good time that we had. Um, I think people that that brought their stuff. A lot of people were had brought things that were just for fun. People were having a good time. They were smashing lists against each other. There was no pretzel mission this year. Uh, which is one that I normally design that's just for fun, but a lot of people have said, no, I don't like that. So, and because I didn't think I was going to be able to go, I hadn't pushed for one. Uh, believe me, had I thought I was able to go from the get-go, there would have been a pretzel mission. But perhaps it was good that it wasn't, and likely next year then we won't have, even though I do plan, obviously, for next year that we'll be running it again, and I do intend to be there again, of course, I am not going to push for a pretzel mission. Uh, for that one, I had brought uh, the army I had brought was a, a Chaos Army in case I needed to play. Um, and I 
never I was never required to play. We had uh, an even number of players again, which was good. Um, however, I did get a match in between matches against um, against Andrew Andrew Bowring, I think it was. I think that's his last name. Anyway, Necron Andrew. You probably know him as Necron Andrew. I, that's how I kind of know him as. Because he's Andrew that normally plays Necrons. I think he has uh, one or two other armies as well available to him. And uh, he had brought uh, a list that was he wasn't doing too well. He got totally wiped off the board by Austin, who had brought, like I said, normally Austin brings this kind of stuff, and he had here as well. He, he had brought uh, three of the uh, Astraea Super Heavy vehicles, uh, and I, th I think it was three. But no, you know what? I don't actually think it was that. It, it was something else. It was a lot of guns in the army, uh, a lot of big, big bruiser tanks, and he had wiped out the Necrons. Uh, turn one almost completely. Turn two it was over, and. Austin had I had suffered a single wound on a single vehicle at the end of the game, which was, which is quite unfortunate. So Andrew and I actually racked up again. I said, "All right, here you need a quick win. Let's have a have a game against me, because my list is designed to lose." And oh my god, oh no, I, I ended up winning, because uh, I'm still going to play that list as best as I can, because that's the fun. That's the fun thing is doing as best you can with the tools available. And it was in that list that I I really saw just how much. Hateful Salt uh, can really benefit your army. Now, Bolter Discipline didn't really matter at all because um, I was moving around so much that it was like, okay, I'm going to move, 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 move around, move around, move around, move around. I just had basic guys, um, so they didn't really benefit from Bolter Discipline at all. However, uh, Hateful Salt was a, was a big deal for them because... For a lot of my units, it doubled their number of close combat attacks. With, and then for some key units like Abaddon, um, it would give them an extra attack that would help finish off, you know, unit of Necrons when they got into close combat. Abaddon at one point got really lucky, and he had made just a huge number of two-up saves against a massive, massive number of attacks from. Uh, from uh, the Necron close combat dudes with the with the knives for hands, the Edward Scissorhands of Necrons. And then finally, now at the end of the year, we've just been practicing for the Canhammer Team Tournament, which was so for a moment we were. I was even considering trying to go to the LVO. Um, Mark had said, "Let's go to the LVO together. You know, it's really cheap to go. It's going to be easy. We can all go. It'll be, it'll be simple." You know, go on the wait list. Okay, I went up on the wait list, and then the wait list came around, and it's like, yeah, we have some room. And it's like, okay, guys, are we doing this? Nah. <laughs> but, I mean, how can you? At that point, it's like it's in two months. You're not going to have time to... You're not going to be able to get time off for, for some of you, especially, you know, if you've already taken the time off for the year on other things. Uh, you know, it's still... Even though it's, it, you know, flights and hotels to Vegas can be cheap, time... Time is a big investment, but uh, someday, someday I will go to LVO. Could it be next year? Might. We'll see. Not next year, I should say. The year after. 2021 LVO. <laughs> uh, so I, I would say that about 
kind of summarizes my year of 40k. Did try to start a um, a narrative uh, half well half narrative half map based campaign uh, with my game group. It did unfortunately fall through. Um, gonna try to I'll try to get that started again in the new year. Um, I know a lot of people have said, yeah, I'll, Davis, I'll, I'll play with you in that narrative game. Uh, and I should probably open myself up more to that. So if you guys are interested in doing a narrative game, I'll try to make something happen. I had done this year as well uh, some volunteering for D&D. And I found that as I was doing more 40k at the end of the year, it was getting harder and harder. And now that that... Once that ended at the end of the year, I wasn't even made, able to make it to the last one because the weather was just so bad. I'd say it's kind of like right now, but I had to go into New Sudbury anyway, so that's why I went to the Nook. Uh, otherwise, I would not have gone out today. And it, that's what the case was that night as well. It was like, there's bad weather. I don't have to go out. I shouldn't. So I didn't make it to the last one. Um, however, in the new year, there isn't yet a, a start time for the library. Uh, but I think I, I had already mentioned to them that, you know what, um, probably not going to be coming back, at least not for a while and not until after the team tournament. So I might do that. If I do, then 40k is going to take a back seat and I probably won't do the, the campaign for 40k. Um, but I, I do. I really, I really want to do a narrative or map based or kind of like what I was considering here, kind of both. I got a little structure set up. Actually, I guess I might as well tell you guys about structure, because I'm still driving, because like I said, going real slow from the Nook to Lively along the bypass. You know, I've been doing like 70, 60 this whole time, because it's just the ice. I'm no longer behind the snowplow, so I'm, I'm keeping, um, keeping a lower speed for sure. So the campaign that I was doing was called the Defintus campaign, and the whole idea of it was, here's this planet, um, that was originally, a, uh, you know, an imperial world. The Cicatrix Maledictum came and wiped out, uh, you know, the space lanes. Fighting happened on the surface and a bunch of stuff. Pretty much, it, I'm kind of sort of copying a little bit of the, of the Gladius uh, story setup. However, the idea is that, okay, well... The warp storm there has somewhat abated, so people are coming back to it. Now, I was kind of also saying that up a bit that way, because it's a good excuse for different Imperial factions to fight each other, because they're all trying to assert themselves as the dominant faction on the world. Um, and that's the thing, you know, I, I, you, you, need to, you can't always just say, well, all the Imperiums together. You need to find ways to have them fight each other. And it's not really that hard when you consider the world of 40k being as brutal and dysfunctional as it is. So if you ever want to have Admech, if you ever want to have Admech fighting other Imperium, it's pretty easy. You say that there is this Archaeotech there that Mars really wants, and the Imperium, other, some other group of the Imperium really wants, or they just really think it's too dangerous or something like that, and the Admech disagree with them, and there we go, we, you, now you have a conflict there. Um, same thing can happen, you know, if you have two Space Marine chapters that are both there, 
well, you can say, hey, um, one of the Space Marine chapters are survivors of this warp storm, but now, but they were considered lost because they hadn't responded to a number of calls to aid or something like that, and no one had heard from them. They were assumed to have gone heretical, and maybe they do have this hint of heresy now in them. And so this other Space Marine chapter has been told, well, you you have encountered these guys. Our records show that they've turned to chaos. We can't trust a word they say. We've got to wipe them out. There you go. You can now fight each other. Or if it's some of the name chapters, like um, Dark Angels and Space Wolves is a perfect thing. Yeah, guess what? Somebody said the wrong thing to the other guy, and now they're fighting. <laughs> Pretty simple. Uh, and so... The idea then would be that you were going to uh, have to claim different territories, and every round uh, you were going to do two battles. One where you would be the attacker, and the other where you would be the defender. And if you were def if you were the defender, you were kind of defending another person's territory uh, for for them. But if you won the battle. You didn't win it, like, you wouldn't necessarily win it for them, like you would, you would defend their territory, but then you would gain, uh, like, an infiltration in that territory. So now your forces have worked their way in secretly into the same location, so you would both count as controlling the location. Now if that location got attacked by someone else and got lost, then any infiltration stuff would get wiped out, um, but... So long as that player maintained control of it, you would also have control of it. And it would be possible also for two forces to fight each other. It would be rare, although it, theoretically it happened in our first match, but it, the match never happened, um, where two forces are both fighting to infiltrate the location. Uh, so that's kind of the idea, is that you would always still be getting in your matches every round, so long as any fights happened. Um, all players would get a chance to fight and all players would get something out of fighting. We are also going to be using the custom rules uh, for character creation, although you are going to have to roll for what bonuses you got. And having those special... Uh, but here's the thing. you If you lost one of them, you would have three. You would have three special characters. And if you lost one of them, then that hero would... Uh, you would have to start a new hero reset them on the hero chart so other heroes would have more experience and stuff than you. Um, but you couldn't use the same hero until you came back round again. You would have to select a different HQ, a different character, uh, from your army list before you could come back round. And you weren't allowed name characters until a certain point. There'd be lots of things say, controlling what you kind of could and couldn't take. And at the same time, battle rounds, uh, what you were allowed to... Uh, the size of the battle would be random every round, even though a bunch... Sometimes the restrictions would be way... would be very restrictive, especially at the start. And so a really big game might just be unbound. All right, well, I'm stopping now. Go out and get some gas. Thank you all for experiencing this new year, uh, for this past year with me. Looking forward to 2020. Have yourselves a wonderful, wonderful gaming time. Keep rolling sixes.